The executive director of the San Diego Association of Governments approved hundreds of thousands of dollars in inappropriate severance payments. These findings were detailed in an audit, of which the agency disputes. The revelations come as Sasonic Rada has been pushing a plan to spend nearly $200 billion on new transit infrastructure, as well as the agency recovering from an earlier scandal that cost Ikrada's predecessor his job. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jeff McDonald, you're a member of the Watchdog team at the San Diego Union-Tribune, and you have been covering this issue. Why don't you give us some context? Can you tell us the situation that led Sandag to perform this audit? Oh, certainly. Hello. After 2016, when the agency's uh, ballot measure back then, uh, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez got a law, law passed to reform the Sandag. And part of those reforms included the hiring of an independent performance auditor, someone who would work for the agency, but report to the board of directors on the activities of the board, I think in April. And this is her first big um, foray into her work product. It's the first report that her office has produced, and it's quite lengthy and uh, pretty scathing. Mm-hmm. And how'd you get this audit in the first place? Well, there's a dispute over uh, whether it's a public record. Uh, It's fair to say that uh, somebody that thinks it should be made public provided it to me uh, because they wanted it reported. Uh, uh, The agency wasn't very happy about that, but responded to my questions earlier this. We don't discuss news gathering strategies as a matter of policy. But it's fair to say someone concerned with the content of the document provided it to me several days ago uh, as a means of reporting the findings, because uh, the concern was, I think, that they were not going to get a public airing. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And this audit, which not publicly released, but will be soon, kind of comes as Sandag has been struggling with um, some leadership issues. Uh, can you provide some context as to the events that led to Ikarada coming into place? Because we had a similar scandal. I believe this was in 2018. Yes, he is the former executive director at SCAG, which is the Southern California Association of Governments, uh, a counterpart agency to Sandag uh, based in Los Angeles that represents a number of regional uh, municipalities in the uh, in the greater LA area. Uh, Big time organization, billions of dollars. Uh, Caltrans has an investigations and audit unit uh, because a lot of the funding that uh, SCAG and Sandag uh, expend uh, comes through the State Department is state funding. It's also federal funds. Uh, So as part of their audit function, they looked at the Southern California Association of Government practices. uh, And two years ago this month released a a separate report when Mr. Ekrata was the executive director there that had similar findings of uh, not following contract protocols, uh, not properly allocating, uh, excuse me, not properly accounting for millions of dollars that were allocated by the organization um, and other uh, red flags. I don't want to say violations or allegations, but uh, issues brought forward that that uh, audit said should be looked at by the Southern California Association of Government Board. Uh, shortly after that, he left and arrived in San Diego later in 2018. 
Hmm. And going back to the audit itself, um, can you recap some of the key findings? Because there was a variety of uh, concerns that were in that document. Yes. Well, it's a very lengthy audit. She, uh, the office clearly spent a long time producing it, and, uh, and uh, it's very detailed. It's very uh, uh, broad. Uh, some of the, uh, some of the uh, more eye-popping findings are hundreds of thousands of dollars in severance payments and bonuses that the executive director issued without informing the full board of directors. Uh, which can be problematic if it's perceived as a gift of public funds. Some of these um, awards were made to employees who had either resigned or been dismissed, uh, which is questionable because they hadn't filed claims against the agency. If you want money from a government agency, you typically file a claim uh, that gets paid or rejected, and then you go to court if it's rejected. That's the normal process. What this audit showed is that the exact executive director was awarding severance payments and awarding payments outside of the claims process, which I think is what bothered the auditor and said violated uh, standards. One of the other big issues with this audit was the governance structure itself that the executive, she put forward that the executive director has basically assumed a policy setting uh, position as opposed to implementing policy. And that sounds kind of arcane, and, and it is, uh, except the board of any organization sets policy, uh, certainly in a public agency like, like Sandag or, or city council. Uh, the city council sets policy, and the staff does what the council directs. In this case, it's the Sandag board of directors decides where the organization wants to go, and then the senior management team would implement that direction. Uh, what this audit says is that the executive director has basically usurped the board of directors' um, authority and assumed that authority for himself, which is a pretty um, remarkable finding. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like it kind of goes against the intended structure of the organization when an executive you know, moves outside of what their job is supposed to be. Yes. Now, the uh, management... Uh, disagreed with some of those findings, obviously. They, uh, they did release a redacted form of the audit last night after we posted our story. Um, they feel like the auditor uh, may not have the legal chops to reach conclusions that payments might have been improper or decisions were made outside the authority of the executive board, uh, the board of directors. Uh, so they hired an independent law firm to review her findings. And um, as often happens when you hire a lawyer, they uh, produced a legal opinion that supported the management point of view. So what it looks like is we have a standoff coming up between the auditor and the senior management. And the audit committee will have to resolve that and or present it to the board of directors uh, later this month for some kind of resolution. Mm hmm. Yeah, in reading your story, there seemed to be, you know, quite a bit of tension between the auditor and uh, Sandag itself, which, you know, can complicate things later on. But when looking at the defense that Sandag has published, they have that, I believe, 38 page document. Is there anything in that rebuttal that you find to be kind of the most concise argument against what the audit says? Uh, sure. And I, I tried to uh, allude to that in the story today. 
Uh, first day, which is a typical response from a management to an audit uh, in any government agency. They thank them for their time. They say, we agree with this and we'll implement it. Uh, so a, a lot of what the auditor cited uh, has been agreed to, and they're working toward uh, strengthening their internal controls. Uh, more specifically about the payments that were alleged to have been improper, uh, they say that she doesn't have the legal um, professionalism. She, she's not a lawyer. She doesn't understand the legal nuances. They also say that uh, uh, the executive director did have the authority to uh, issue these um, payments because uh, not only did he have the authority, but it was it was with it because it didn't violate the budget that the board had adopted. It was within his discretion to allow those payments. So those are a couple of their uh positions in defense of their actions. Uh, I'm, of course, not a lawyer. Uh, it's not my place to decide who's right or wrong. We just thought this issue merited some public discussion, uh, especially given the delays in the audit that uh, that, that we acquired uh, early this week. Mm-hmm. And where do things stand right now? When's the next kind of public discussion we're going to see be at a meeting or, you know, more documents being released, kind of what's the next, uh, you know, pieces of information that we'll get from the organization? Uh, well, they did release, uh, as I said, a reform of the audit that uh, the auditor released, uh, that, that, that the auditor produced, but get publicly released, uh, the one I obtained. Uh, so the one that uh, that the audit committee released last night had some key findings redacted. And not surprising, there are some of the ones that uh, the management sees as problematic legalistically or um, that might promote litigation from some of the dismissed uh, employees. Um, where it stands now is the audit committee had whether to refer it to the full board of directors. Uh, that meeting was originally supposed to happen tomorrow, but for a couple of different reasons and put off till next Friday. So uh, we'll revisit this issue next Friday when the uh, when the audit committee meets and they'll take action to either refer it to the board of directors for consideration and or response uh, or not. Uh, so there is that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out on a going forward basis because uh, the auditor is uh, signed up to do a second audit looking at the agency's contracting policies, which was one of the problems cited in the Caltrans audit two years ago under this same executive director. Uh, If she continues working for Sandag, then presumably that audit and that review will get completed and uh, and released uh, later this year, next year probably. Uh, If something changes personnel-wise, then maybe that report doesn't get done. We'll have to see. And also, uh, this week you wrote a story updating on the ongoing controversy of 101 Ash Street, which is the building that the city purchased without properly assessing some of the problems with it. Can you tell us what was the new news there? Uh, yes, uh, it was a, a, a big development, actually. The, uh, the last time we visited this issue was when a group of private lawyers decided to sue the city and the sellers, uh, and this was last month, uh, over what they consider a so lopsided a deal, it violated state law. Uh, so the defendants in that lawsuit were the previous building owners as well as uh, the city of San Diego. That suit was bought by three different law firms that teamed up. 
including uh, the former city attorney, Mike Aguirre, his law partner, uh, Maria Severson, uh, another San Diego lawyer who's suing the city on some other asbestos-related issues, and a law firm out of Los Angeles that um, uh, won a major settlement uh, that was portrayed in the movie Aaron Brockovich. So some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, they alleged in that lawsuit last month that the city should cancel its payments and stop paying this 500000 plus every month for the vacant building they've been leasing for almost four years. Uh, and they mm-hmm. cited the state constitution and a couple of other points in, uh, in the law as, uh, as something to point to uh, that would justify not honoring the deal they signed in 2017. Uh, so a month later or four weeks later, the mayor decided to suspend payments and made the decision to go ahead and, and uh, stop making the payments. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to court, I would think. Uh, we'll have to see whether it holds up or not. But uh, the mayor has apparently made a calculation that it's better to stop paying for an empty building uh, and let the lawyers sort it out than to keep paying half a million dollars or more every month to lease a vacant building that can't be occupied without another hundred plus million dollars in renovations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this scandal is. Yes, it's uh, it's one that just keeps getting uh, it's like a spider with many uh, tentacles, a spider web with many tentacles. Spider and an octopus together. Excuse me, yes. Octopus with many tentacles. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how it's becoming a, more of an issue in the mayor's race because it's clear that this scandal is not going to end any day soon. Right, and I think this mayor's made a calculation that it's it's going to, however, it's going to resolve itself. It's going to not be on his watch, although it'll certainly be uh, you know a mainstay of his uh, his mayorship during uh, during the years that uh, that he has been mayor. Uh, so yeah, and it's mm-hmm. having some political implications because. Uh, you know, Assemblyman Gloria was one of the people that supported this uh, this transaction way back in 2016 before Barbara Bree joined the council. And uh, she, of course, is responsible for uh, uh, agreeing to pay an extra $30 million in 2018 that was supposed to complete the renovations. And it was all supposed to be completed by now, surely. But uh, yes, more and more problems with the Ash Street building. Mm-hmm. And finally, if I'm a disgruntled member of the city or Sandag and wants to get something to you, what's the best way of doing that? Uh, well, my email address is at the bottom of all my stories. It's jeff.mcdonald at sduniontribune.com. Uh, my phone number also is in the paper, and I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty easy to find, so we accept tips from all comers, and uh, obviously we can use all the help we can get. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff McDonald, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. We'll talk again. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to include the San Diego Union-Tribune in your morning routine, check out our daily flash briefing. Every weekday morning, hear a quick summary of the day's top stories. Just search San Diego Union-Tribune wherever you get your podcasts, including smart speakers. Until next time.